gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, our Refugees podcast, Ted here, John here, a classic edition, a, a RFK Refugees classic. It's a blow, blow on the cartridge and push it down and, and like close the door type of uh, type of show. That's an old person exactly. reference. Yes, yes. Uh, oh, man, dude, don't say that. What? Don't say it that. It is true. Trying... It's true, yeah. man. It's true oh, now. <laughs> man. Don't, 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 don't start with me. Don't start with me. Listen, uh, but you're but so young. <laughs> At 31 or 30. 30. I'm 30. I'll okay. be 31, 31 in January. But we're here for the last show of 2021. I'm going to go ahead and say that with a pretty confident belt unless something crazy happens. Yeah, no, I think I think, I think think it's safe to say. <laughs> safe to say this will be the last show of 2021. We have news to talk about, though. I don't think this is why we wait so long because we have news to talk about. Before we get into that, John, how was your weekend, my friend? How did, how did, how did it go? Yeah, how was my weekend? Uh... Okay, I think I got. I think I felt sick. I watched Chelsea lose again. Chelsea is very bad right now. As a as a Liverpool fan, I'm sure that doesn't bother you very much. But uh, I miss I miss uh, MLS. I want the preseason to start, which is like in a month and a half, which is <laughs> which is kind of bananas. Uh, but yeah, man. How about you? What I don't know. I don't remember what I got into. <laughs> what did you do? I I I mean, I guess I watched. Uh, I I yeah. I I my wife uh, finished up her. Um, Finished up her her exams, her her law school, so she's halfway done. Nice. Uh, so we went out, we went out to eat uh, on the Friday night, and then went to see. Uh, uh, we're, we're both big Guillermo del Toro fans. We did not go see the new Spider Man movie. We you we, one. we showed we showed we showed our age. I feel like and went and saw uh, Nightmare Alley, which was a an interesting film. Interesting film. I felt like I expected more weirdness. Though the Del Toro was trying his hardest to be as weird as he could in some of those scenes. Del was Toro overall... is, is the guy with the mermaid fish sex. In the oh last yeah, movie, right. <laughs> yep, yep. Seen that? Too. Didn't see that. Seen that so too. I, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, is, uh, is it, was, one, it was a fun. Is that one I fun... should go back and watch, Ted? Is it? Is that a? Uh, it's one of those things that had all the awards in the time at the at the moment, and then like a couple years, maybe you look back and like, whoa, was that worth all that? What? What would should I watch it? I, I I still think it's a very good movie. I, I appreciate the the actors that are in it. Um they're both really good. The uh the fish monster is very del Toro mm-hmm. in a way, yes, the, the relationship thing's a little weird, but overall I, I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was a All really right. enjoyable movie. I, I had an enjoyable time. I enjoyed Night- Nightmare Alley was a little weird in that i don't think i think they they, they developed they started like spent half the movie like developing all these characters and then they kind of like shift gears and then don't really develop much else and it's just kind of a kind of a it, it's based off a classic apparently so i think they didn't have the, the the material was not really there to work with i think in this case but it's still well shot well acted very noir style film but uh, and then other than that i played football manager uh, i just oh. checked my steam stats i have now logged 70 hours here we go the game why, at the beginning is, of the month why is there no twitch content here ted let's go we got yeah merchandise <laughs> i, 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 I want to be good at the game first so i uh, so I, I managed my two Bundesliga side uh, FC Heidenheim, got them to the got them to the Bundesliga my first season, which I'm I'm counting that pretty successful. And then I'm dreading the fact that I'm going to get blown out because I can't sign anybody because I don't have the money to do so. What uh, if it's better? I, what if it's better viewing if you suck at it? Like if you're too good at maybe. it, is that entertaining? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm working on I'm working on some interesting content. So let I me mean, let me know if you guys if you guys think this would be interesting. I, I want to do. Uh, I want to do me versus Hernan. So first of Ooh. all, I need to see if I can get the 2022 schedule because right now it's like in the 2021. So I need to see. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be updates and, and mods, and maybe I can go in and kind of do it myself. Um, but I, but I want to I want to do that type of content where I go head to head against Hernan to see if I can do better uh, in in the in the regular like season versus him. So I think uh, you should we'll, do that. 
stay tuned. Stay tuned. We're gonna have some fun with it. But we gotta we gotta it, fill January somehow, right? Yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a fun and interesting game. The MLS detail. I'm now getting immersed in the MLS rules, and I'm like, I know, I know general allocation. I know targeted <laughs> allocation. Nope, nope, nope. Are they are they are I got those to... rules specific like that? Correct? Do they have they? Oh gone? yeah, that's cool. Oh, they have they have the general allocation. They have the draft. I had a funny moment where I was trying to get an international slot because I wanted to sign a, a player from Iraq who I had on trial. Uh, and I offered, uh, some allocate. I did like the traditional MLS, you know, like hundred thousand in, in gam. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I got countered with, uh, giving them my 2023 first round draft pick for the international slot. And then $400,000 in gam. I smacked that light button on that. That's insane. Funny, funniest thing ever. But anyway, anyway, I got to play. This sounds fun. Anyway. Yeah. It is, it is incredible amounts of fun. Incredibly detailed too. Uh, it will be a time suck as my, if you are a nerd like me, 70 hours, in one month on the game. So. I like it. I like it. Anyway, let's talk. Uh, let's do fears. Let's talk uh, DC United. Let's talk uh, Washington Spirit. We have had an eventful, uh, eventful couple weeks. Eventful couple weeks. Uh, let's start with DC United. I think that's the appropriate place to start because we're going to probably have mostly Spirit coverage because uh, they've been the more active and interesting of the of the two teams. Uh, the really only notable loss for DC, if you can, if you can call it a loss, everybody pretty much uh, thought this was going to happen. Joseph Bora lost in the expansion draft to Charlotte. Did you did you watch the expansion draft, no, by the way? No. You did not catch it. My my so nerdiness, they, my MLS nerdiness has declined a little bit in the last in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I felt I felt more of that exhaustion too. Normally, like I would sit through uh the the drafts because normally those are like during the week. Mm-hmm. And of course I work, you know, I work remote. So it's actually works really well because it's the perfect thing to have on. That's four hours long from like two o'clock to six o'clock because mm-hmm. you just leave it on. You can just zone out. Don't have to pay attention to it. But it's on a Saturday. I got things to do. So I like had the, the draft kind of go. Anyway, I did watch the expansion draft. I was cooking, watching it. Very weird production. So they they had it at the the Charlotte Stadium. Um, the Panther had, Stadium. <laughs> yeah, the, Pan, the Panther Stadium. Correct. Little, um, they, any, any, any football team uh, stadium slight I can I can throw in there I'm going to do. Yeah, so I mean, they do the announcement. It's not like you know when you have the two teams. There's not a lot of drama. They know the five players they're going to select, and everything like that. Really, just listing them off, and then they're kind of like doing some other things. It's also, I think, a way to advertise the team. It was an hour, though, um, right? It was an hour, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which seems quaint compared to some of what the uh, the NWSL expansion draft and se- subsequent draft uh, seemed to take. But, um, but, and and then I think at the end they actually asked like I, I forget the guy they had on there, and like a normal MLS guy asked what what's allocation money? How does this allocation <laughs> money thing? Work? Oh, you know, it's like he's trying to like explain it. Oh, it's you know, it's money that the league gives you that you can do. How much anyway. time you got? Is that would be that would be like well, we got to fill an hour, so you can actually explain. <laughs> all the player mechanism thing and we'll have five minutes all, left over for player picks all, all the rules and all it was actually at the end which was the funny part about it so all the picks were already basically done <laughs> we're actually um, out of time we you thought we could have started this earlier <laughs> it, it was uh but it was all it was all done by like the local like charlotte station and then they kind of like so is that that was the interesting part is that it was produced Normally these things are kind of produced by MLS and like they just kind of read off the picks. This one was actually produced by the local Charlotte I like uh, that. TV station, so that that was cool. Gave it a little more of a a home homegrown type feel. Uh, but DC United, of course, losing Joseph Mora in the expansion draft, they will get 50k in GAM, um, and for a player, basically they said would not be back. So I think all in all, you get fifty dollars, fifty thousand dollars for something. <laughs> I wish it were fifty dollars. That would be 
That would be hilariously insulting. You think, you think there are any trades, like any of the gam trades before it became public were like that low? Probably. Like, so, but... how would you like Chipotle catering for the for your uh, for your office for for a week? He, it's like the money. It's like the money ball scene when he like trades him. Says, "Oh, you'll stock my like yes, uh, soda stock fridge." My, the soda's fridge. The uh, we you know we you and I have been talking about Joseph Mora and his weird fit for Ernan, uh, you know, all year pretty much. And I looked. I was looking at his stats today. He played more than I thought he did. He, he had 26 appearances and 16 starts, which I think may have been more about injuries. There were lots of times during mm-hmm. the season when we had uh, not enough guys on the bench. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's not played at all for Costa Rica all year long. Um, and I think that was he was always a sort of a nail on starter for them for quite a while with this time at DC United. So I think this change probably gets him back on the radar for the national team. And also, depending on what time of, you know, I have no idea what type of, they don't have a full roster yet, but what they want to play down in Charlotte. If they happen to play a four-man backline, Joseph Moore is probably your guy. I think he's he's still a really good player. He's a good MLS player, just not a good fit for what DC United is trying to do right now. Yeah, he he fits that classic um, kind of four-four-two, four-two-three-one, um, where maybe he becomes a guy who can contribute something on the offensive end. The problem for DC is is I think you had Kevin Paredes and obviously um, Julian Gressel, who are very much more attack-minded players. Um, and so they are they are ones that will go forward and they have the ability to go forward. So I, I think that is that is that is probably where you're going to see most of uh, of why he, he maybe lost his fit in D.C. We've talked about this, uh, but good good for him. Good that D.C. got it's probably like the best like expansion draft pick ever for D.C. because yes. of the player. Nobody expected to be back and they get a little something, something for him. So it's nice when the stupidness of MLS roster like machinations help the team. Usually they don't. <laughs> but this was one of those times where here's free money for a thing you don't want. That would yeah. be that would be awesome. But that's not all that Charlotte took from DC took, quote unquote, quote since took, you can't yes. see the video. Uh, Jordi Reyna also signed for Charlotte as a free agent almost immediately. I think he might have been the first free agent to sign uh, that was eligible to be signed. Uh, obviously unclear about what his salary looks like for, for next year. You had some thoughts on this, I think, on Twitter about sort of that maybe you had hoped that, you know, putting money aside, maybe DC United could have found a way to kept, to keep him. Yeah, I mean, he was I, – I so I, I kind of look at – so I look at, you know, who, who's – who do I want back? Who was kind of you knew this was the last year, and Jordi Reyna was one of those players. Uh, I mean, he was streaky, uh, but when he was on, he was on, and he was uh, he was particularly good uh, for, for for DC. Um, I understand DC needs some roster room. If you want to give Hernan what he wants, you need to give him the roster room to do that. So I think I think Jordi for me, not seeing him there is an indication is at least a somewhat of an indication to me that the team is going to try to look to find. Uh, to find something either internationally or likewise that's going to to fit or non style, be a player or non wants to bring in, and hopefully be a successful player. So I see why they made the move they did. Uh, all in all, he was probably like one of my more favorite players from 2021. Um, just some of the things he did, some of the games he played, how well he sort of grew into that roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Charlotte, uh, Charlotte got a good player that I think they got a good base on. So I'll be curious to see how he does in Charlotte and how well he plays. Uh, so uh, as far as other DC United roster rules, I think everyone has sort of been or roster changes. Everyone has sort of been uh, pounding on the Twitter like, "Hey guys, announce something." The 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 meme where they're poking the dead thing with the stick and saying, "Do something." It's 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 that time of year again, isn't it? It's it is that time of year. It is that time. Everybody wants a Christmas present, and I get it. I want a Christmas present too. Uh, here is a small Christmas present. Uh, Ted Cudi Pietro, a player that I have been talking about and teasing as signing a DC United contract, 
is now close to signing a DC United contract. Has not yet. Maybe that's our Christmas present. Uh, but uh, since uh, Ted had been on the Ted, I interviewed Ted like the beginning of last season, maybe in between the two seasons, and he had a fantastic season. Mm-hmm. What we talked about at the time was sort of the the rigors of the professional game, how different it was from the youth game, how hard it is to to train at a high level all the time and be on all the time. And he made a great jump this year on a really, really unsuccessful Loudon team. He played 30 times, scored seven goals, which was obviously for a last place team, probably the golden, the, the leading goal scorer. And I believe he was uh, maybe. Yeah, he was three assists. Uh, didn't get any red cards this year like he did the previous year. And and really, he's just, uh, I think Ryan Kiefer, uh, uh, what's his uh, Twitter handle at Rifa K, um, <laughs> talked about um, talked about the fact that he moved out of his parents' house. He'd got into nutrition. So he, he, he's, he took it seriously, right? And I think the team mm-hmm. is rewarding him for making that jump. And this is what he said he wanted a year and a half ago. Is it? So this, was the, this was the goal. That's what he was shooting for. So I'm happy for him that he got there. And I think he's a player that, you know, right-sided midfield, depending on the, you know, we're about to talk about a rumor here in a second that uh, he sort of might play a Griffin Yao type of role on this team, which is a, a, a slight issue because Griffin Yao is still here and didn't find the field very much last year. <laughs> but uh, you, you want to have talent available. And I think that most likely he's he's going to be sort of a much more of a tweener than Griffin was as far as playing between here and Loudon uh, uh, next year. What's What are your general feelings on the signing? I mean, I, I think it's good. I, he was a player, I think, there, there are all these these players in, that maybe you get a little bit excited about. Uh, you know, I think I think about Colin Martin a lot when I talk about guys because I, I saw him live in Richmond and 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 he was so good, so good for Richmond. He made just a couple really nice, really nice passes, and I thought this guy is going to be playing for DC soon, and it never quite worked out. And, and I was worried. You know, you saw some some bright things from Ted Cudi Pietro um, in, in the, in the very limited minutes because uh, those Loudon games were a slog. Uh, but you saw some good, you saw some good things. Uh, and, but you get concerned when, you know, a guy starts to get 17, 18 and, you know, they're still on that Loudon contract, you know, is, is he going to kind of fade away? Like so many other, um, I, I think he's more of an indication to me, at least that we, we've, I, we've talked about, you know, DC struck gold with Andy Nahar, Bill Hamid. And then it was a doldrum, a doldrum. I mean, there were there were some players. There maybe a couple guys got some spots. Got some spots. Rodney Wallace, I think. Well, no, he's a draft pick. Never mind. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think. There was. I know there was a guy who went to play for NYC, and I can't think of his name right now. It's gonna kill me um, that I can't think of it right now. Uh, but Ethan you know that Ethan White. Thank you. Uh, so I mean, there have been guys who have kind of come come up. Through the academy, he, Ethan White may have been drafted too. I can't even really remember. Uh, out of uh, out of Maryland, I believe that is. Yeah, guy. I think he was. It was in the time where they started like signing players right before drafts. They were like they would raid the draft pool with homegrown homegrown signings. So I well, think- they would also. I think they would also draft guys who they had in their academy because they did once they got down the draft. Well, I don't know. Take this guy. We know this guy. Let's bring him in. Yep. Um, but but basically, so I mean, but there was nothing really from this from this uh, from this academy pool for years, and now we're seeing. You know, guys like Griffin Yao, guys like Kevin Paredes, Moses Nyman, and now Ted Kudu Pietro. It really does start to feel like uh, now you got Jacob Green, Jeremy Gray. 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 Okay. Um, is also another guy who's coming through. So it really does feel like they're starting to build out an actual, it's not just one or two players that you're excited, that you're interested in now from the side. It's like five, six, seven. And that's a very, very good thing. You have guys that are willing to go out there and, and compete for minutes. Um, absolutely. And, and, uh, sort of pivoting from the, the positives here uh, on, on us actually signing a player, uh, I wouldn't call this a negative, but it was sort of a, a curious news item 
uh, for DC United to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Ariola was linked with a transfer to LA Galaxy and also, I believe, Tijuana. Mm-hmm. That was another name sort of bandied about. Uh, I think the first tweet sort of said something like, uh, conversations have already happened between the player and the, and the agent and the team, but there's been no contact with DC United. DC United uh, quickly comes out and says, we have no we have no inclination to trade him. There is nothing to this rumor. I think that was through Goff, I believe, was the was the mechanism there. Um, I will, we'll talk about, there's some Twitter questions about this here that we'll get to in a second, but uh, I th- what, what's, I'll let you go first. What were your general feelings first when you saw it? And then how do you feel now after you heard the the supposed rebuttal uh, through through Steve Goff? I mean, my, my, my first thought was this doesn't seem like something DC United uh, would normally do in an offseason. And for that, it's 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 kind of like when you have a, a deadbeat dad actually does something nice or and I don't want to call DC a deadbeat dad. but <laughs> It's like you expect you expect your expectations of DC uh, are 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 for this offseason are are still relatively the same, especially when you know their situation with the with the designated player slots. I want this team to fill that third designated player spot. That is still something I think they need to do, and you don't need to spend that much money to do it. Mm-hmm. Not as much money as people think to do it, but I think it would it would be an indication if they could fill that slot with somebody. Um, but this felt like a move, like okay, uh, maybe DC is trying to do something. Maybe they're looking at you know Paul. Paul had a successful 2021. I think that's fair to say. Uh, for all you know, stats, how much he was on the field, certainly more successful than their than their than their other designated player. Um, but I, I mean, he still he still had some injury concerns. He was not available through stretches of the season when the team started when the team struggled in the beginning of the year and when they went through that really really uh, dry spot uh, kind of towards the end of the season. So you have to look at that and say, you know, do we maybe look at getting something back for him? You know, I think the, the a sale to Europe is kind of off the table, at least for right now. Maybe that changes. Um, so maybe DC looks at this as an opportunity to, to bring something different in and, and to give Ernan maybe a little bit extra room where he can go and get a get a high price talent. Um, I, I did afterwards be like, OK, we're here in, you know, we're here in L.A. We're here in Areola talk about it. I, I know we'll get into the question of tampering. I don't know how necessarily legitimate that is. And I'll, I'll get into why it's a little different than what I think people are thinking about um, with the other move. But um, but we're hearing that. I said, well, let's let's see if there's any. What, once we see the, the DC is also interest, engaged in talks, that's when we know that this, this thing has real fire. And immediately, you know, golf comes out and says, nope, not happening. DC's not interested. In, DC's not interested in selling. Or interesting in trading him, and that said, okay, that checks. That checks. So what I hear from that rebuttal is that it's not going to be cheap, and we're not shopping him, but that doesn't mean we won't sell him. So it's a question of I think the fact that LA sold uh, Sebastian Legette to New England for quite a bit of money mm-hmm. for some gam, I think that actually that leads more fuel to the fire that something's possible. DC United does not necessarily. I, I think that what happened here is that. Uh, <laughs> I think Paul 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 went to Hawaii with Russ, mm-hmm. uh, had a great time. Went home to, went home to California for a while. It's like you know what? It's really nice out here. Like mm-hmm. it's no snow. It's kind of not so bad. I feel like my career maybe my maybe my I need a fresh start because last year, you know, you, you mentioned the injuries. Not only injuries, like there were some times where no one could figure out what was wrong with him. Like there was like a ghost hamstring injury where Ernan would in press conference say like, you know, he's checking out fine. 
Like he's not the scans say he's fine, but he's not comfortable and he's, you know, not committing fully because of the fact he's not comfortable and we're going to get him right. But uh, I, I, I still think that there's a good chance this happens. Honestly, I think, I think there's a very good chance that the team is given an offer that makes them more inclined to move. I think I, I maybe Lucy Rushton and, and the rest of the front office sort of see this as you're, we're probably not going to, like you mentioned, Europe, probably not as on the table as it was before the injury. This is our last chance to make a positive uh, return on this investment. Maybe you do that and then trust yourself if you get blown over by an offer. So I, I, I would say if you're a DC United fan, I just, I, I just ordered some Paul Ariola cards uh, off of eBay. I probably should not have done that. Maybe I invited <laughs> the, the challenge here, but I would not put this one completely out of your mind as something that still, could still happen here in the, uh, in the cold months. I mean, it's the same thing where if you have a nice car and someone says, hey, I want to buy your car, your first response is absolutely not. Why would I sell my car? Here's here's $200,000. Okay, yeah, sure, I'll sell my car. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Take it. You got the cash right now? Great, let's do it. I, I think that's definitely the, the, the notion I'm getting from this. It's not for sale, but it is for sale if you if you pay me enough. Yeah. Because, and, I, because everything is. And if they if they ship a, a truckload of GAM and DC's like, hey, we can go out and get, you know, younger players that we think can be better. Hey, we've got this new analytics data department. And we got these these players that we're looking at, and and they think they can do something. I think Arnon's been spending some time. There was a player rumor I think that surfaced uh, for a guy from Argentina that they that they're apparently looking at. I'll have to go back and dig through. Yeah, who that he is. should not be a designated player. He should no. not be a game. But based on his based on his stat sheet, it, it, it should not be that. So, uh, but those are the players you want to have him bring. Those I, I I'm intrigued by those players. Sort of like the non breaking the bank, but hopefully elevating the the mid-tier roster positions a little bit higher by by finding some pedigree. Yeah. I mean, maybe finding finding that diamond in the rough. I don't know. I think the scouting I'll be very curious to see what again like I I've talked about this what the scouting department brings. I I would put this at I would still put this at 30%, especially with DC's how much they're going to want for him mm-hmm. and then how much how much again is LA willing to spend for him? I think LA are also looking at it as a, well, what's the price? Okay, let's look at some other players. And then if we get to February and they still don't have what they want and they have that GAM sitting there and they're like, you know what? Let's, yeah, DC, let's do a deal. We'll do 1.5 million in GAM for the, for that. I think, for him, so. I think thinking about him and Chicharito together would make, I think that, I think he might be a good asset for him. Uh, yeah. We'll see. We'll I, see. I, I, you put it at 30, I put it at f- 45%. That's where yeah. I, that's where I'll put it. Uh, other DC United sort of rumor, not really necessarily rumors. I don't know if this happened since the last show, but we'll talk about it quickly. Uh, rumors come out in the Honduran press that Andy Nahar is dissatisfied with his contract offer. Mm-hmm. So offer here being an operative operative term. Uh, MLS our uh, Pablo Mauer sort of uh, confirms this in a way, saying his camp is displeased with the contract offer that they received from the club, and also put some numbers to it: a fifty percent raise. Uh, for Andy, unfortunately, Andy was only making $100,000 last year because he was off injured and sort of on a make it deal. So they offered him $150,000. That is a bit of a challenge because players like Frederick Briant were making $300K. Uh, all the other starters on the defensive side were making more money than he was by a substantial margin. This is one of those situations where DC has the contractual upper hand, right? They have an option on the player, so they can do whatever they want. They can say you're going to play next year for $150,000 or whatever the agreed upon, um, agreed upon amount was. The question is how long-term intelligent of a move is that if it makes the player dissatisfied? 
more so in soccer than any other all those football starting to become that way <laughs> almost all of them are actually starting to become this way an unhappy player can make a team's life pretty miserable mm-hmm. uh it, it, it's not good for the team it's not good for the performance of the team it's not good for the player so if you want the player and the player is dissatisfied to the point of going to the media his agent going to the media whatever whatever that whatever that whatever pattern that took uh, I think you need to reassess your strategy on how um, aggressive you want to be on pricing. Ted, what are your thoughts on sort of the the, the kerfuffle about <laughs> Andy Nahar's pretty low salary? I think uh, I think objectively low salary at 150k. I, I think it is important to frame it, frame the reason, frame the reasoning. I think is important here, and I think a lot of people are yelling at ownership with this and I think this is this is very much if you want to look at somebody to blame um you want to look at uh Lucy Rushton slash Dave Casper because regardless of what you pay Andy Nahar his salary is not coming out of Jason Levian's pockets right it's coming out of MLS's pockets because he's not going to make enough to do that this is a salary cap this is a salary cap contingent move of a team trying to keep his salary as low as they can Yep. Um, Makes keep sense. It, yeah, keep his salary as low as they can in, in order to keep that to keep that uh, to keep your options open for other for other items. So that that's definitely what I what I feel about this. The um, challenge for me, and I'm not, and I am a Nahar, you know, Homer. Uh, that is a fi- yeah. not even not even pretending not to be. The challenge, I think, I said this on Twitter at the time, is that when you have a player that has a skill set you don't have a replacement for and whose skill set enabled you to do the thing you wanted to do really well last year or well more well than you thought you were going to be able to do. I think you have to negotiate differently with that player than you would with say another player on the roster, like a junior Moreno mm-hmm. junior Moreno. You have other players like junior Moreno and that's why they made a good faith offer. Probably like if you want it, you can have it. If not, that's fine. You can, you can walk if you'd like um, the cons- It's a little bit different because they have an option year, but option years, I just don't like, I don't like them. I don't like club held option years of players who aren't like 18, 19 years old. Cause it's one thing to say, we're going to take a chance on you as a young player. We don't know what you're going to be. We were hoping, and we didn't think Andy was going to play as well as he did, but he has a, he has a pedigree of when healthy can play that way. Mm-hmm. And his, I think potentially in a position where they didn't feel like they had a strong hand, the, his agent agreed to, to, to that deal, right? Andy and the agent did. They both regret that they did. Um, so it's just something to watch. I, I think he's a player you would be really unwise to lose because I think a player that can do what he does is going to be expensive or just challenging to find. There aren't a lot of yeah. players like him in MLS. So if you're just making your job harder on yourself for, for saving $150,000 or whatever, just giving him Breon's money and say, be done with it. I don't know. I, I feel like it may be not worth the struggle. I don't know. That's we'll see. Uh, I think it's also going to be an important thing how healthy. I mean, he was still on and off. I mean, there were times he was healthy scratches for games because they didn't want to run him run him to the ground. How was that? Sure. There, there were injury concerns for DC. Brian played like ten games or whatever yeah, it was. So. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the challenge there. Um, yeah. So keep your eyes peeled on that. That'll that'll there should you hope a resolution on that. Uh, he's not going to go anywhere. The team is not going to let him leave. So w- the outcomes are a better deal gets drawn up and everyone's happy or Andy Nahar is angry during preseason and then maybe is injured more often. Who knows? Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I was saying real quick, real quick. I did want to get into some. We obviously had the MLS Cup. We haven't had a chance to really talk about it. Uh, New York City winning on penalty kicks. The first New York team 
to win MLS <laughs> Cup. Um, what and and so basically the they came back. Nope, don't want to do a parade. Probably a smart move considering, because uh, all things considered, this felt like this should have been a bigger deal. I feel for for MLS to have a team from the greater New York area from a from a money perspective. Yeah, it's just uh, a challenge, right? Because the way they built their roster is in counterintuitive to the way the way you'd construct a major market franchise, and it's actually really a trust, not a trust, a test of your philosophy around as, as it applies to DC. And that is build a winner, build a team that wins and then, and then they'll come and, and be excited about it. And maybe DC is different than New York, but uh, New York tried the, the Galacticos route when they started and they sucked because they picked a bunch of old players and they were, they were awful. They all, they all, no one else got a contract ever again. And they all, they all retired because they were all basically retired when they went there, but they have a team that I, you know, Nine out of ten New Yorkers aren't gonna be able to pick one name off that roster. Yeah. Uh, so th- you know that, that's the, that's the struggle is you might be able to win, but you're still playing in Yankee Stadium. You're still not gonna get any attention. I mean, like there are college basketball teams that are gonna get ten x the ten x the attention on a regular season game than NYCFC will in, in in town. Yeah, and and I think I think the important thing you brought up is Yankee Stadium and then elsewhere. And, they, sh- and, uh, and City, City Field, Field and Red Bull Arena. And, you know, I mean, that that's the biggest thing I think that's driving this is if, if this had happened in 2015, 2016, when the team was first announced, I think we're, we're, dealing, right. with, we're dealing with a way different story here. We're dealing with the beginnings of something. Uh, I, I think this does help them get a push to maybe get a stadium. I'll be curious to see what they look like next year. Do they start to get more people out uh, to, to watch them play? I think the lack of a, of a soccer stadium – a, a reputable home is what really hurts this in, in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, and they are not going to Harrison. Yeah, New York City fans are like, you catch me dead before <laughs> I'm on that train. Uh, yeah, and I think they're going to lose players. Castellanos is definitely going to be sold. They'd be yeah. stupid not or, to sell him. He's going to go to Man City. That's going to be his next spot. That would but be I'll, hilarious if he did that. But they, they would be crazy not to to cash in on him, particularly if there's interest. Uh, Maxi Morales is a free agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Sands is a player that they're looking at potentially letting move on if he wants to. So uh, as ever, uh, teams uh, teams are always different after they win the cup. There aren't dynasty is a hard thing to build to to maintain an MLS. Maybe you can't. I think Seattle Seattle's that come the closest. I think to doing that, and they've just yep. been consistently good. One point one film one point one four million people watch MLS Cup, one of the highest rated MLS cups. And they are now looking for a three hundred million dollar TV deal. Me that's going to be a big thing to watch. What's that? That's also what I'm. I'm looking for a three hundred million dollar uh, contract for my next job. <laughs> yeah. How about this show? This show. We got. We got yeah. a three hundred million dollar like TV deal that we're seeking. We're yeah. We're negotiating. We, we have a Twitch partnership for three hundred million dollars. Uh, I wanted to get to some of the quickly some of the the Twitter mailbag sure. around this, and you know we addressed some of it already. Uh, Stack uh, uh, Stack guy Blake uh, Brian Smith and Kevin Hernandez all asking about Paul Ariola. Uh, do you think the Paul Ariola transfer news is serious enough to be concerned about? If so, who do you think replaces him? Uh, and the LA Galaxy for Ariola idea flamed out quickly, but how open do you think DC United is for a deal? Is it 100% no way, or would they act to move him for the right value? I think we answer that. I think that uh, any, the, no player is 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 uh, untouchable in MLS, or particularly with a with a owner with an owner that is not infinitely wealthy. When you're mm-hmm. infinitely wealthy, you can say things are not for sale. <laughs> but if you're not, then things are in fact for sale sometimes. And you wanted to mention this one too. At Kev Hearn says, discuss how the galaxy basically engaged in tampering and what the and how the league will do nothing about it. 
yeah, I, I don't I don't know if that arises. I think everybody's thinking of what happened with um, with Nocherino in, in Orlando a few years back. That's that's a little bit of a different situation. Uh, that's a player. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, it's a player reaching out to him after D.C. was engaged in conversations with him. Um, I worked out really well for D.C., so I don't it really did. care. It really did. <laughs> but um, but but yeah, I mean, I think I think I don't know the extent of the conversations. I think agents are going to talk. They're going to be offers that are going to be on the table. I don't know if this arises to tampering. Paul knows L.A. Paul knows what L.A. is. Paul, I'm sure, knows that they that the team gets offers for him, I'm sure, every every single day. I'm sure they get calls about it every single day. I, I, I again, I would put this as I, I don't think he's the type of guy. I'm sure I'm sure if he had the chance to move to L.A., he'd be like, yeah, sure, to go home. Most people would. I yeah. think I think that generally is true. And he didn't I would say his injuries and the sort of the teams up and down form and the national team stuff. He didn't seem like he was having a great time last year on the field. A couple times he did, but he wasn't he did not appear to be loving life to me. Um, and, you know, he's. He's got a he's got a serious girlfriend, a yeah. fiance maybe I don't know like maybe they want to move. It's entirely possible. That's that's something you always got to be considered. It's not like he's like I really want to move to Kansas City. Like it's L.A. It makes sense. People understand. It's no. not. It would not be the craziest thing in the world. I I, I would I would put money on him still being suited up. I, I don't think L.A. is going to rise that. But anyway, uh, were there uh, any Twitter mailbag questions? Yes, there were a couple. There were one. There was one more. Uh, mm. Don Don Rankin wants us to make up DP rumors. Well, we'll leave that for January. Leonard Pahoy. <laughs> there, there we go. go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, soccer enjoyer Christian wants to know areas of most need for DC United. I think yeah, we, we sort of talked about roster needs, uh, and we, I mean, obviously there are many spots to fill here. Uh, from a depth perspective, we're very thin. Uh, we're thin in a couple. We're, we're very thin at left back. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Kevin Paredes and then Prey, I think, is sort of the situation right now. Uh, I mean, obviously, unless you're saying Jacob Green is ready, probably isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's 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 a major position of need you want to find a starter there i think because uh if all things go well you're looking to sell parades in the summer i think yeah i think if i think if his trajectory increases that's what you're looking for uh you need you need a backup goalkeeper someone to actually press bill hamid uh and also fill in capably when he's injured and i would like to see uh some can maybe some younger competition at striker you uh, you spent some money there obviously with ola and nigel Roberta. Nigel really didn't get a chance to really show what he could do. He was injured a lot. Uh, he when he did play, he had there was some value there, particularly at the end of the season. He was playing as a second striker and really sort of offering something that nobody else that I've seen with DC United was able to offer, mm-hmm. as far as that sort of second option and also facilitator. But I would like to see some 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 young competition up there that can actually threaten. Giovanni Bolivar could have been that. He really wasn't that. Uh, and then also, uh, I would say I would say someone to press Edison Flores. I mean, we need a left winger. And mm-hmm. we need someone to, and we need a play, maybe a playmaker as well. That's, I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of needs. <laughs> yeah, it's basically it's depth all over the place. Um, again, I think, I think you you hit the nail on the head with Edison Flores. I think a lot of this is indicative of how the front eleven looks. I mean, I feel like there still are a lot of question question marks. I think some some depth at center at center defense would be also probably needed as well. Especially now we're playing a three man back line instead of like a two man back two man center back line. It'll um, help that Steve will be available from the beginning of the year this yeah, year. And it hopefully. will also help if Donovan does not get his foot hurt again. So yeah. knock on wood for everybody. Injuries, if we can get through a preseason, particularly because I think that we start so early, if we can get through a preseason where people are not injured and we're not starting sort of in the hole like we were last year, I think, you know, I think we're I think we're in a we're in a decent spot. Even if they don't add a bunch of players. We 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 finished ninth. Yeah. Like this is still this is still, in my opinion, with the roster constructed, even if they added some so so additions, I think it's still a playoff team. 
I, yep. I think I think we're definitely we, we definitely we won enough games last season to be a playoff team. Let's be clear. Like we won 14 games. All the other teams that made the playoffs won won some won 13 games, someone less games right. than us. It was the issue of not being able to see some games out. I think they killed this team. Um, now, was this team would this team have if they got into the playoffs? Could you have seen them running the table and getting to the getting to the final? Probably not. But yeah. RSL also probably was not your pick to do it, and they made it pretty damn far. So mm-hmm. any, the playoffs are bananas. You just got to get in. <laughs> That's all that matters. We just almost gotta, did. Just got to get in. Let's talk about some champions. Let's talk about yeah, let's uh, some some teams that actually won the championship. Not not that we're not searching DC, but. The spirit did win the championship. We would like them to win. They, we, we would also like them to win the championship. We, we so. would like them Either to start way. a dynasty. I think they, it's still possible in NWSL to have a dynasty. Um, and I think uh, I think the spirit, hopefully, they're on their way. Obviously, we had the expansion draft two hours long. We all knew, like, we all knew that, like, I, I was hoping it would come early. Like, I was hoping, like, first pick, it would just kind of be over with. Yep. But then it kind of, like, dra- drags on and you're like, okay, maybe the spirit exit this unscathed. Fortunately, we did this. We should have known uh, since Kim McCauley is from the uh, D.C. area. I will I will say she had a role in this. I will put the blame entirely on her for this. Uh, she now works <laughs> for Angel City FC. Uh, Paige Nielsen going to uh, Angel City FC in the expansion draft. Uh, they got some allocation money, I think, for this, right? They, got, they get a little bit for for losing a player. They did. And also, uh, as far – I think they're also get, – they get protection next year. I'm not, I'm not sure if it works the same. DC also gets protection next year, which we forgot to mention. Yeah, um, I'm uh, not sure so if it works Paige, the same. Paige is a, an accomplished player who, in in previous years, was a was an every game starter. Mm-hmm. She played a little bit less once the national team players got back. The challenge it would have been nice to keep her because there is going to be a lot of national team absences again this year. Uh, but if you're looking at a place where you have some depth to lose a player, probably a center back, probably more there than anywhere mm-hmm. else. So I think that. You know, Paige, I think she slots in, not knowing the rest of Angel City's roster. Good bet to slot in right there immediately as a veteran center back um, with, with, some, with some skill for, for, that, for that club. And, and we'll get into a minute, but you feel like maybe they had this knowing because they went out and they, uh, they, took, they signed uh, Aliyah Martin um, from the University of Mich- Michigan, who's, who's a defender who can maybe fill uh, Paige Nielsen's role um, as kind of younger. She's a fifth year out of the University of Michigan. I think she took the, the extra year of eligibility. Uh, to get that, and I think somehow she wasn't eligible for the draft, and like the spirit had her rights. I'm not sure how that whole thing just, worked. Just like we traded a player, uh, I don't want to have I don't have it on the notes here. They traded a player that I didn't know we had uh, for protection, I believe, from from one of the clubs, uh, from maybe from San Diego. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah but uh, Allie Martin uh, was played U17 national team. Uh, so yeah, I, I think from a from a standpoint of she was she's cheap. She's she's uh, she was on the discovery roster already, so that they're already in a good position there. Yeah. Uh, other other sort of note. Well, uh, we'll get, we'll do the big one here. Chris Ward finally gets announced as the uh, full time coach. Yes. Well deserved. I don't think you could have not given it to him. I think you would have had to really turn yourself into a human pretzel to not give the manager who guides your team through the tsunami of of s uh, that that the spirit went through and, and not give it to him after they win the championship. I recommend uh, we always recommend the athletic here. Read the athletic interview he did with Meg Linehan this morning. I will tell you what I think about him. Not, I'm not having I haven't gotten to speak to him. I've not done any media availability with him yet. I'm working sure on that in the coming year. Um, he is a thoughtful man that really is not so hung up on his position as the manager uh, to solve to solve everyone's problems, to be the loudest voice in the room to say my way or the highway. And I don't think it was just because he was interim. I think that's actually his personality. 
I don't imagine you could have a better personality for that situation than than Chris Ward. He let the players lead. When there were things to be said, he allowed the players to say them. Obviously, he would chime in on tactics and things like that, but he gave space to the players to almost run the ship themselves. And I, you could say that, you could read that uncharitably and say that's a, that's a coach who does not have control of the room or he's, you know, he's young and a manager would not normally allow this. And maybe in a normal year, you, you wouldn't have it be such a, such a democracy. You'd want to have a little bit more order and a little more hierarchy. But he knew that the only way to allow this team, a way only way to shepherd this team through, if, if they were as talented as they were, was to not be another voice at them shouting and another voice at them telling them that they're wrong and they're doing it wrong. He called out specifically how halftime talks were different under him than they were under Richie. Under Richie, he was screaming at them. He was giving them the, the Sir Alex Ferguson treatment uh, instead of instead of talking about, all right, well, here's three things we didn't do well, and here's how we're going to do them better, and here's how I think we should do them better, and what do you, and not necessarily what do you guys think, but like more collaborative about it. Mm-hmm. So so kind of refreshing, so bizarre of an idea when you think about everything else you know about sports and how managers sort of are you know, portrayed in the media and even the way that they portray themselves as being, you know, I'm the guy with the ideas we're going to do as I say, I just thought it was so refreshing to hear from Matt and for him to know what the team needed and also sort of subjugate his own ego, which is such a hard thing to do. I think as a, as a manager or as a man or anything else and just say like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to cede my space here. I don't need, I don't need to be the one to do this. We're, we're going to succeed through the leadership of, of the group instead of the one. I don't know. Did you get a chance to read that or what, you know, I, I what have, do you think about Chris being signed? I have not had a chance to read it. I mean, I think you have to give it to him. Um, I think it will be, it's interesting. You bring up, I guess his attitude. Cause I think everybody, when everybody, you know, talks about a manager, they all want to be, you know, the Sir Alex Ferguson. They all want to be the, the Jose Mourinho. They all want to be the guy in the room who, who, who has the complete control of everybody. Uh, but I mean, there are plenty of managers out there that are successful, uh, Brian Smetcher is not an imposing force. He just knows what to do in the right in the right cases for Seattle. He looks like he looks like an I, an IT project manager. Yeah, he does. And, and, and so there there are many different ways to manage uh, to to manage a, a soccer team. And and I think there are coaches out there that that can do that with a with a soft touch. They don't have to be the the dictatorial you know napoleon out there you know ordering things around and i think what chris chris ward does what actually is a really important thing and that he read the room he could have come in and said this is now now here's my chance to really put my stamp on this but he's yeah, like for sure but he he knew the situation he knew the he knew how to run and that's an important aspect for a manager absolutely you had to bring him back in i'm so glad he's back i, I think the players are glad he's back and let's let's go um th- this this is going to be we'll get to we'll talk maybe talk a little bit about the ownership situation and, and that whole saga, which I don't think he even had in the show notes. Maybe he nope. had it down below. Um nope. but man, crazy just, Chris, cra- Chris Ward Chris Ward with emotional intelligence off the off the charts. I think it's yeah. what I think what you can yeah. say. And the results in the field warranted him being retained. So yeah. great for him, great for the club. And then a, a, a thing that warrants almost no follow-up, Trinity Rodman wins the 2021 Chipotle Young Player of the Year Award for U.S. Soccer. Yes. Cool. Awesome. Great. I uh, hope she gets a Chipotle gift card from that. Uh, <laughs> and she was on She was on one of the ESPN soccer shows that Sebi Salazar runs. 
Yeah, maybe maybe we shouldn't have Young Player of the Year award sponsored by beer company, so she could have gotten the NWSL championship one. There we go. I think she probably likes Chipotle one. I think I, I have a feeling that <laughs> if she's a, if she's a normal uh, person of that age, she'll probably be like, oh, dope. I'll take this. Yeah. <laughs> um, the spirit we, then the spirit so the draft happened. The spirit signed seven thousand players. Yeah, they uh, signed I up. Have, I think I tri- uh, Tiana Alexander uh, basically being the anti version of some of the players that were taken by other NWSL clubs. Uh, in her uh, in her stances uh, for for social justice and things like that, so I'm I'm kind of excited about her to have her on the team. Um, definitely, it was just it was wild that they were just like doling out. Everyone everyone was sort of looking at this like ah, they don't pick for they're not going to pick for three hours. Like yeah. why am I going to watch this? And then as ever, the spirit said, as you'd like to say, hold my beer. Uh, we're going to make some, we're going to we're going to wheel and deal here. Eighty five thousand allocation for the fourteenth overall got her quick a quick buzz on Alexander. Uh, normally a winger. 21 goals, 22 assists over the five years, as as Ted said, she took the extra year. All SEC in 2021, and interestingly played on Arsenal's academy team and the England under 17. Uh, uh, there are, and we'll talk. There was another international player as well. They're Lucy one Shepherd. short. Yeah, they're one short on international spots. So something's going to happen here, I think, pretty quickly. Maybe an acquisition of said spot. Uh, we'll see. Just going to run through these quick because they added a bunch of players. Uh, Madison Elwell from Vanderbilt. Uh, that costs another $85,000 to the rain. All SEC second team three times in a row. Left footer capable of playing multiple positions. 12 goals, 29 assists. Uh, Chris Ward saying she looks maybe as a wing back, left back, which as we just said is going to be a needed position of need after Tika McGrady was sold. And Julia Rotter would fill in, but Julia Rotter is also going to do national team duty mm-hmm. uh, with, with Sweden. Uh, go ahead. I was saying a lot, a lot of teams, a lot of teams definitely wheeling and dealing in the draft. I think there's a definite realization I think about what you need. Do you need to get players in the draft because you're going to have you're going to have absences for for international play? Absolutely. Uh, third third player selected was Lucy Shepard, a Ford out of Hofstra, uh, Aston Villa system, England under 19s, all CAA second team in three seasons, 25 goals, 25 assists, and then uh, this most recent season, eight goals, 12 assists. So big big year for her at the end. Uh, two more picks at Aubrey Harding at a UNCW, eight goals and seven assists in 14 games overall, 23 goals, 20 assists and 68 all CAA second team. And last, the one that is funniest to me, Jordan Thompson, a center back out of Gonzaga at five foot two, <laughs> uh, six goals, 81 appearances, potentially a fullback. I don't know that you can, I don't even know in the NWSL if you can make it as a, as a center back if you have five, two, that would be a bit of a struggle. Uh, yeah. So they, they, they loaded up. Chris Ward said the goal was to, provide forward options uh, to the team so that they can handle all of the absences that go next year. They, they feel like they're strong relatively. They did not want to give up Tegan McGrady, but they were looking at how, how, do, how do we keep the rest of our team intact? That was the move we had to make. So more, more, I think there'll be some more positions sort of, uh, sort of changing hands here, uh, but they are well set. They were a team that was young to start uh, and they're still young. They're a year older. They're they have, they're a championship under their belt, and they're still young. They also added Gabby Vincent from Casey Current for twenty five thousand allocation. She went to UMD, uh, and will bring some more depth on the defensive side, particularly at defensive midfielder. When you have Andy Sullivan, who will for sure, hopefully, fingers crossed, be in the national team picture all summer. I mean, this is definitely this is definitely a depth draft. This was let's 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 take some flyers. Let's go grab some depth. Let's make sure we're all set. We're all set to go. Uh, North Carolina Courage and Portland Thorns not reading the room um, of what their fan base is, which is becoming a common thing in NWSL. Uh, they're two. They're first. The Portland Thorns draft picks has some has some uh, some tweets out there, and I do think I do think it's important 
to to bring this up in in, in the sense that it's it's a situation in which I feel like NWSL owners with, with the Portland Thorns, I I kind of I kind of think this is a we just they look they were looking at the stat sheet and there wasn't really a character analysis and maybe they realized this character analysis and they were certainly ready for the question. Um, but I think this is something that NWSL and and I know you have some opinions on it. You know your your concern is for the players and I think that's completely valid. But the fans do matter in this situation as well. Um, and when you are some when you are somebody who who is trans, who is uh, who has who is gay, who maybe has some of these uh, who who has this, uh, who who lives that type of lifestyle and 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 certainly you know should be respected to have a player that you're cheering for week in and week out you know they don't hold that same beliefs. It, it has an impact. And, and in my opinion, the fans do matter in what they say. Um, and and I think I think the Portland Thorns are making a terrible mistake, regardless of what she she might bring to you on the field. Uh, it's a terrible mistake. And then the North Carolina Courage um, signing uh, Janelle Daniels. Jalen. Uh, sorry, Jalen Daniels. I should, I should make sure I'm correct on that. Uh, again, another move that just, regardless of what she might bring to you on the field and, and her skill set, you're you're risking your diehard fans, your fans that show up. You're also impacting. Uh, there is an incredible amount of, of trans representation and, and and gay representation on not only in the in the locker rooms but in the in the media amongst your employees and everything like that. And that matters when you have somebody who who doesn't who doesn't think that you should have the same rights, who doesn't think that you should be involved in in sports the way some of these people feel um i think is an important consideration for these teams to make when they're selecting these players uh, any team employee is going to have their players and they're going to have to interact with them i think that should be an important calculation and it's very clear that some that some organizations are not taking that route um you also have a very good left back already in Carson Pickett yeah so that that i i think it so my I saw a tweet right before the show that sort of helped me put a little bit in perspective. Um, almost in every single other sport, and I'm, I'm speaking almost exclusively of men's sports here, the goal of the team is to put the best players on the field and try to win at the expense of everything else. There have been horrible people that have been signed who have committed crimes, who have mm-hmm. said horrible things, who have done horrible things. Uh, but at at that point, for what they are, they are not in jail. They are free to they are free to be signed and are so signed, and that is what happens. And and the fan base will be, just traditionally, will be upset at the time of the signing. Uh, they will make they will they will they will make their voices heard, and then the games will start and wins will happen, and then they'll 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 just say, all right, well, I'm not gonna I'm not this guy's friend, but I'm I'm glad that we're winning. This this league is different, and I think that and I saw a tweet. I don't I was trying to find it. I wanted to say it verbatim. Um, but basically, it was saying that NWSL fans take their politics very seriously. It's because, other than other than the WNBA, there is this is the only representation for for gay uh, women basically in the sport, and this is the one space in which they can be aggressively proud of who they are, and they can they can they can sort of revert the power balance that there is in every other sport where you're tolerated for being different. Like there's, you know, you're, you're allowed to be gay on the team and that's fine versus you're allowed versus to be trans here. on the team and that's fine. I mean, right. And versus, versus in the WNBA and here where it's, uh, it's, it's, it's normalized. It's that is, that it's a default thing that is 
I mean, the, the, the percent, I don't know, no, who cares, but the percentage is very high of, of, of the league, both WNBA and, and NWSL, where the, there are, there are people of these communities that make up these positions that are, that are playing both open and, 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 and privately. So I, I, I thought that was a good perception, sort of a difference in why the NWSL is so different and why the WNBA is different. These fans have a, a, a threshold that is higher than every other sport as to who can be on their teams. And you, you alluded to it before. My main concern in the North Carolina Courage situation, this is a player that played on their team before. They have been a bit uh, taken apart here in the last year. Uh, Jess McDonald traded. Uh, there are there are a few players left sort of from the dynasty, but I think there's a big changeover happening, uh, which you should do when you uh, sort of lose your power, which they have, and they see the ascendant teams around them. Uh, but... I think that these players are now in a better position than they have ever been to to speak their mind about how having a player like this in the locker room affects them. Does it affect them as much as it affects the fan base? For me, that's the number one priority: is how is she as a teammate? Can they get can they get along on the field? Do people with the franchise, either in in ownership, not ownership, I don't care about the owners, uh, in in the staff, or the front office, of the players? Uh, can can they coexist? Do they do they feel I don't want to say safe, but do they feel like they are in a, a a good work environment where they feel like they are respected, regardless of what this one person uh, thinks and says? If they are, then I think it's something that you can figure out a way to make work. And then the 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 team fell down by not anticipating uh, this reaction from their fans because they should have known. Anyone should have known. We would have known. Anyone would have known. Um, so you either don't care. And you're signing them in despite of your fans' reaction, which is possible. I believe the owner the, the owner made a comment, sort of said we evaluated the on the field and off the field uh, contributions. I think they said, and we went with it. So, and they didn't talk to they didn't talk to the supporters. Mm-mm. So that I, that was where they that was where they really fell down. I think you alluded to it with Portland too. Like you're going to make your decisions. You're allowed to do that. You can you can hire anybody, anybody you want, but you have to you should be prepared for what that means. Be prepared for the blowback. If you don't care, if you say, all right, well, you're on, am I going to lose some season tickets? But we think this is the thing we're going to do. Then, you know, stand up and stand up and be about it. Say say that that's what you're going to do. And then I almost respect that more. That's that's a fair broker. You're not hiding behind something and hoping it goes away. You're saying, this is how I feel. If you want to align yourself with me and this brand and this team, then do so. And if you do not, I respect that and you do not have to. I think that, that I think that's the the more adult mature way to handle something like this than maybe what actually happened. To me, to me the 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 Portland Thorns move, the, the courage one is just to me is an all around bad move. The one that gets me about about what the, who the Thorns picked is that when you talk about a draft, you know, normally in any other sport there's a combine, there's player interviews, there there's an assessment, a deep assessment that's done on players in certain situations. And you know, there are there are players who are uh, who get identified as having character issues. Uh would and and basically being, you know, shoved out of the lead. We've had players that take took strong stances against uh against what was going on in their teams. Uh, against what was going on in 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 America, and were shown the door uh, in a lot of cases, and then here you have somebody who has uh, very hurtful things they've said on Twitter. They, they've they've quote tweeted certain individuals that that tweet very hurtful things, and then to have them that not even to be in the consideration. I I, I just have to imagine it. If they looked at that and said, "Oh, that's fine. We're, we think she's talented. We're going to take her," then, then you know, that's 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 really bad. 
if it's we didn't even bother to check. And that's even worse, especially for a team like Portland, which has the resources to do those types of things. Right. So ML, I remember MLS kids being drafted and them them realizing that their Twitter was public and either making it private really quick or scrubbing it. I remember seeing this mm. in live like live time. It was happening during drafts. It, this is going to be something that I think I think you're going to see a lot more often for sure. Uh-huh. Oh, for sure. I, and we talked about this before the call, too, or before the show started. Like, this is commonplace. Like, those those tweets, that could be seven guys on the Chicago White Sox roster. And it sucks that that's the case. But that is, like, there. I mean, there's a big chunk of this country that feels that way. The, 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 those podcasts, all those shows, that yeah. guy that we were mentioning, where did I say his name? Like, they're the most retweeted stuff on Facebook. Like, yeah. there are a lot of people that think that way. It's just that we, you know... This this league uh, and even MLS to, to the same degree have a different constituency than say Major League Baseball, the NFL, and it's just something that that the, the league needs to be cognizant of. There aren't a great number of secret untapped MLS fans uh, that you could just like replace <laughs> the diehards with. That you're not. This is not the NFL. Like you have to you have to be very responsive to your fans. Because they, you're not going to find three to replace the one that walks out the door. So, with that in mind, be a little bit better uh, with with your 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 pre research. Have have some have some answers ready to go. Because I will tell you, in our yeah, like a year and a half covering NWSL, uh, the fans of this club are all internet detectives, mm-hmm. and will find anything you ever said or did, and have it. They'll have it in like a in a well, easy to digest format in, in 20 minutes. So yeah. you can't slip by be prepared. There, there was an incredibly talented player for, uh, for LA that in two minutes was found himself out of the door during the COVID pandemic. I don't know if you remember that from, uh, I can't mm. remember his name, uh, th- but there was a player whose tweets from, from oh, his, his, his wife. Yeah. His wife coming out. I mean, that it, was a tough one to me. That one, that one still is tough to me. Like yeah. that, his wife, his wife was wilding out on Twitter they're like, say your wife was wrong. It's like, I'm not going to do that, man. Do I have to live with her? Like, I'm married to this person. Well, I can find another club. Yeah. I can go somewhere else. Uh, the, 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 there, there's also, and I feel like, I feel like NWSL is maybe still learning this lesson. I feel like that was an indication that MLS has learned very, very quickly that uh, you, you need to, you need to, you need to, at the very least, appease your fan. Now, there's still players out there that, you know, there's there there's a, a, de- a certain defender, Jeff Cameron for Cincinnati, uh, who probably would agree with most of what uh, of what the Portland draft pick did uh, said. But I mean, that's that's the nature of what we see. In, in, we see a lot in men's sports, especially like you pointed out in baseball. Um, but I think MLS, when when it's that open and that blatant, MLS knew the right at that point. I, that almost seemed to me an indication that they learned from the, you know, the iron front thing. They learned what their fan base is. And they said, we need to make sure we're making moves that re- that respect them as fans and, and, and what the leanings are, even though that's not, even a, if they don't believe it, yeah. even if they don't care, because they don't, because any of these, any of these businesses oh. don't actually care. Uh, but I, yeah, I think it's just from, just from a pure like capitalist perspective. Like you've got to, you've got, you cannot alienate the people that pay the money and, for your and, thing to exist. And there are people. I don't know how much. I don't know how. I honestly have no clue how many it's going to be. There from the moves that we've seen from Portland. Portland was already in trouble. Let's let's from from everything that's been going on and the push the fans have made. There were a lot of fans that were on the fence about renewing season tickets that have already said, "I'm not renewing after this. This is this was this is almost the last straw." There is going to be an impact here. How much of an impact? Who knows? Who knows? I've always I've always wondered how how much of Twitter is really a might. We all talk about DC fans and how upset we get over Twitter at the team. I see maybe tweets from like the same 
10 to 50 people on Twitter talk about DC. There are 20,000 fans that show up to DC games every week. Mm-hmm. How much of that is actual, like an actual like microcosm of like the fan base? Um, so, I mean, that and, and, and that's, I think, the interesting thing we're going to I think we're going to learn with this. Is there a noticeable impact in a place like Portland, which is soccer is by far one of the big biggest sports there so right fun times i think this is it's a it's an in-person case study about twitter being real life yes it's a a, you get to see it in 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 live action well so we'll 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 watch that develop (laughs) i'm sure it's nwsl there will be other things uh, in between our next episode in 2022 yeah yeah lots of things to talk about all right guys thank you so so much for listening it's been awesome to share 2020 with you guys we actually got a full season we had soccer we got to go to games Please, a championship. please get vaccinated, get your booster. We want a championship too. Yes. From the spirit, uh, get vaccinated, get your booster, stay safe this holiday season. And then hopefully we will be back at Audi field cheering on DC United, Washington spirit, whatever. Maybe you come join me down in Richmond, have some fun times. We're going to make it happen. Yes. Thank you guys so much for an awesome year. We're definitely going to be back next year. Stay tuned on that. Lots of cool things to come. We will catch you guys, uh, in 2022. Vamos. Vamos. Vamos.